welcome to the Whiskey Sisters podcast. I am Inga Larissa. And I am Jennifer Rose. Together, we will be bringing you a weekly whiskey podcast where we'll be discovering drams, exploring distilleries, talking to industry experts and sharing other whiskey adventures. Not only will we be sticking our noses into our drams, but also into all things new and current in the whiskey universe, with a leading commentary, of course. Whiskey Sisters! You are listening to the fifth episode of the Whiskey Sisters podcast. In today's episode, we will be talking about how to taste whiskey and get the most out of your tasting experience and how to discover various flavours and aromas. But first, it's time to stick our noses into what's been happening in the world of whiskey during the past week or so. Stick your nose in it. So, Inca, Inca Larissa, did you see that Kilholman Distillery has recently secured a £22.5 million investment? That is pretty amazing. That's funny that you mentioned Kilholman, actually, because that's going to be the whiskey of choice uh, for me for this episode when oh. we're doing some tasting. So, yeah. Nice. Good timing. Um, but yeah, it's very amazing and very, like, just great for them. Um, obviously, I'm always worried when this distillery starts to do bigger scale production that whether they can actually maintain the quality. So let's hope that they can. Of course, with, you know, big investment, is that going to dilute the quality? Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, um, but I also find interesting how Kilhoman is the only single farm, single malt distillery on Isla. And they are also an independent family run distillery, which mm. is really cool. That is so it's cool. nice for them to, I think it's nice for them to get the money and get some support. Absolutely. So, yeah, did you see how, how they were planning on using the money? So I um, I heard that they will be aimed to produce more whiskey, as you're saying, you know, over the next 12 months. And mm -hmm. they're going to build a new warehouse and have hired more staff to cope with that demand. So that's amazing for the island as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, hopefully it will all work out and we can go and visit them once you get your peed game up. <laughs> so I don't let the team down when we go. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't actually know. I don't think they do any non-peedy expressions. So. Oh, well, I'll, I'll need to get my big girl pants on then. <laughs> <laughs> So today we wanted to cover the basics when it comes to whiskey tasting. Um, I really enjoy a good whiskey tasting, whether it's in a distillery, after a tour or in a bar. Yeah. Um, the experience is always quite fun and educational and you always can, you learn little snippets here, here and there. Definitely. So have you been doing any tastings in the past online or in person? I think I've done a couple of which at distilleries and mm -hmm. one um well, one was when we both went through to Cascades to eat in Edinburgh. Oh, so, yeah, of course, to try your Yeah, your mm. but um, I think I've picked up something different or, you know, taken on board the information a little bit, you know, to a deeper level with each one. And I haven't done any of the online ones. I know they're popular just now, um, but um, one of those is coming up. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Good. So, yeah, it's true, actually, that some people are naturally gifted in picking a broad range of aromas and when all the others might struggle a little bit with the basic notes. Yeah. Like, you know, like you mentioned before a few times that you kind of struggle to come up with like words to describe. Exactly. Um, 
but it's just it's easier naturally easier for some but yeah if you keep trying and tasting you will actually improve your nose and your palate you will be able to describe whiskies very soon well i think that's all the more reason for me to keep drinking whiskey <laughs> exactly <laughs> do you exactly. think you were you as natural as you seem to be now when you started like do you feel you've had like a naturally kind of good nose like that um, well, I think it's definitely improved and what's probably changed is confidence, I guess. Like you're not yeah. so worried about saying what you think because there's not any right or wrong answers. You know, maybe you get pear, but someone else gets apple and they just can't get the pear or whatever. Yes. But it's just, yeah, being confident to express whatever you, whatever you're noticing or what kind of taste you're getting. Yeah. Nice. Well, it might be best if we start by breaking the tasting into four steps. So we've got preparation, observation, nosing and sipping. So we thought it would be helpful for us to sample some whiskies um, while we guide you through the steps. And do you want to tell us what's in your glass this evening then that you've mentioned already? Yeah, so it's Kilhoman Loch Gorm uh, 2021. It's a shame that the deliveries didn't kind of work out because otherwise we could have had the same samples and I know tried the same whiskey would have been kind of nice but you know yeah hey so what did you go for today so today I'm going for Aberlour and it's Aberlour 10 year old mm. I don't I don't think I've tried the 10 year old I think it was 12 year old that I've tried before but it will be interesting to see what you think yeah this is my first time trying an Aberlour whiskey so I'm you know I'm up for yeah for new I'm pretty sure I saw some someone was saying recommending Aberlour 10 as a good beginner's dram because okay. it's quite um like nice palette and suitable for whiskey newbies Right, so I'm bringing it, bringing it up for the beginners come on let's let's have it with Aberlour 10 see what it's like Slanchiva so the first step was to prepare. So what that, that means is that you need a nosing glass, ideally like Glencairn. Of course, you could use a tumbler, but the tasting glass is designed to enhance the aromas. And then uh, it's good if you would have a glass of uh, whiskey, <laughs> glass of water. <laughs> double, double, <laughs> double whiskey. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it would be good if you could have a glass of water to go with the whiskey because sometimes you might be tasting cask strength whiskey mm -hmm. so it's good to always drink water you know when you're doing these tastings yeah it's good for your palate and also you know just general not getting so drunk and not that kind of stuff <laughs> um and also you will need water for diluting so especially these cask strength whiskies it's good to just use a little bit of water at some point but i will explain a little bit more about that in a little bit Excellent. So do you have your tasting class there or are you using a tumbler? I've got a um, yeah, I've got a little traditional um Glencairn glass. If people don't know what a, a Glencairn glass looks like, have a look at the Whiskey Sisters logo. Um and it's demonstrated on there, that nice <laughs> little cute shape. Yeah, yeah, little tulip shape. I got, actually got a Glencairn um glass crystal version. Oh nice. Yeah, it makes a nice sound. Uh, do you normally use Glencairn at home or do you kind of mix and match? Well, I like the Glencairn glass. However, um, you left a glass last time you were over. It was a larger tumbler. Mm -hmm. 
and it's really beautiful. So I've taken to using that and I think I might prefer that for when I'm at home actually. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. When I'm not trying new whiskies, like if I'm just relaxing and just want a little dram, mm -hmm. um, I tend to use a smaller tumbler, which is, is smaller than the one I left uh, at yours. But it kind of has a heavy base, which is really nice. Yes. I just quite like the feeling of the glass, you know. And I've always wondered, like, oh, are you doing it incorrectly, depending on what glass you choose? So it's nice to know that you can use different glasses. Okay, let's go to the next step. Okay, so the next step is to observe the whiskey in the glass. And what should we be looking for, Inca? Okay, so you start um, first to gently rolling the whiskey glass. Rather than really like swirling the whiskey, you, you can just roll the glass and let the whiskey to touch the sides. So you, you don't normally have to swirl it as much that you would wine. You just want to like have the whiskey to stick on the side of the glass so you can see how it sticks on the sides, which will then give you indication of the alcohol volume and the mouthfeel. And then you will also look at the color, the oils and the texture. And what is the colour telling you? So my whiskey is, I don't know, it doesn't look the palest whiskey that I've seen, but I've seen much darker also. So kind mm -hmm. of somewhere in the middle. So what's that kind of telling us that, and when we're looking at the colour? Well, the colour will give you some idea of the cask that has been used, mm -hmm. um, the age uh, of the whiskey and also possibly the finish. Maybe it's been finished in a different cask. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, whiskey can come in many shades, uh, ranging from very light to straw color. I don't know, maybe yours is a little bit straw, straw color. Um, but yeah, to golden to dark mahogany. Mine is a little bit more kind of golden color, I would say. Yeah, 50 shades of whiskey. <laughs> 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 Do you know, I was actually going to, I, I was hoping to buy the Glendronach Allardyce release, although um, it's been sold out where I've been looking. And I, I haven't seen the bottle, but when I was looking to buy it, looking at it online, I thought the colour looked really, you know, looked quite dark, quite rich. And maybe, mm. I'm not sure if it was to the mahogany spectrum, but it certainly looked a bit darker um, than whiskies that I've been drinking recently. Yeah, yeah, that's it could be like sherry influence, for example. Uh huh. Um, um, also, the cask size, the previous liquid, and the time spent in the cask will all in, all influence the spirit. Um, also, the first fill cask will have bigger input to the refills because obviously there's much more of the previous liquid still stuck inside the the uh -huh. cask, so it will contribute in the color. Right. Oh, I see. Okay, so let's go to our next step, which is nosing, a really important part of whiskey tasting. Raise a glass and stick your nose in it. There's a couple of ways to do this. So some people like to give the whiskey a little swirl and then <laughs> swirl. I can't say <laughs> <laughs> And then um, they cover the top of the glass with the palm with the palm of their hand for a few seconds. I've seen that actually. The, I didn't yeah. know why. So they believe that the that kind of builds up the aroma inside the glass. I see. But then I've spoken to a few people about this, and because some distillers and they tell you to do that, but then other places they're like, nah, no, it's not. It's totally unnecessary. Okay. Um, but what I think, pers from personal experience, for me, a lot of whiskies need a little bit time to breathe. So I wouldn't 
necessarily put the hand and then keep the flavors out like the aromas inside the glass you kind of want the air to go around and just open up the flavors Mm -hmm. so some whiskeys you know i struggle to get anything on the nose at first but then once i've left it for five minutes or so um all of a sudden there's like loads going on if sometimes if you do feel like you're not getting anything maybe just give it a little bit of time that's good to know especially if you are feeling a little bit nervous and not quite sure and kind of rushing in um, that you can just give it that little bit of time in the glass. Not too keen to drink it straight away, just patience. (laughs) Um, Yeah, and it's important to not to stick your nose in it (laughs) right right inside the glass. Okay. (laughs) I know we want to stick our noses all over the place, but don't (laughs) put it right inside the glass. Keep it like just on the edge. Okay. Um, as sometimes the whiskey can be so strong that it will literally make your eyes water and then you know you can't smell anything anymore so go easy with the nose projection into the glass okay so we know now we keep the glass a few centimeters from the nose and we have a short slow sniff Yes, a good way to prepare your palate uh, for what's about to come is to slowly breathe in with your mouth slightly open. It might feel a little bit silly, but you can actually uncover a wider range of aromas. So let's give it a go. So what kind of aromas are you getting over there? No, with this, I'm definitely getting fruity aromas, but I would say more dried fruity aromas. You know, I'm thinking like it's making me think sultanas and dried yeah kind of dried fruits that you would bake with that's what I'm getting at first sounds good Uh, mine is quite sweet with some uh, kind of spices cinnamon ginger that kind of like a little bit heat like white pepper or something and you can definitely detect the smoke but I like it's kind of it's sweet sweet smoke it's lovely nice so when you're trying to detect those specific notes, there's yeah, there's no right or wrong answers. I keep always saying that, but it's true. Sometimes it might be hard to find the words, but the scent may bring some memories. So maybe that can help you identify some of those notes. So, you know, freshly cut grass, or I remember my dad used to smoke these cigars and then, Yay. you know, or my mom had this bag that smelled really kind of weird, but nice, you know. Yeah, so the invoking the memory with the aroma that's so closely linked and allowing the kind of descriptives to come from there. That's got exactly. a nice kind of like romantic feel. I like that. Yeah, and it's just the idea that it doesn't just have to be specific words, like doesn't always have to be a fruit or a spice or things like that. Yeah. You know, it can be ash and leather and... I had once tried a whiskey that smelled like like sweaty socks and mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> it was really horrible. <laughs> but actually, the guy who did the tasting, it was one of his favorite whiskeys, which is, you know, just goes to show that doesn't <laughs> different, different things work yeah. for different people. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Right. So let's come on. Let's get to my favorite part, sipping and tasting. Yes, <laughs> we love this bit. <laughs> so first, uh, you take a good sip and let it coat your tongue. Think about things like the finish, whether it's long or short, you know, lingering. Um, <laughs> what's the mouth feel like? Is it velvety, syrupy, dry? And then there's cert- certain flavors you can expect from the cask used. So see if you can detect 
those ones. I think <laughs> what was yours? Was it both bourbon and sherry? So it says on the label that it's um, traditional um, oak and sherry casks. So is that both, Inca? Uh, yeah, yeah. So the traditional on the label indicates that it's ex-bourbon, which is a little bit confusing. Well, because I was going to answer you that it was sherry there. And then when I checked the label, so that that was a little bit confusing, actually. Yeah, I think that's something like that. these kind of labeling is, makes it a little bit harder for people to read the labels. And especially if you're a newbie, you feel a bit, and maybe not put off by it, but just makes you feel like you don't know anything. <laughs> yeah, Cassie, you know what I mean? Sherry? Like, that's a sherry one, the sherry finish, yeah. So think about those kind of, can you detect maybe those sherry notes? Mm -hmm. It might be dried fruits, Christmassy spices. Mm -hmm. um, and also whether the flavor profile is light, is it fruity, is it floral, smoky, savory, that kind of stuff. Like mine is probably gonna be smoky, I think obviously, because it's uh -huh. heated. Yeah, so let's start by taking the first sip before okay. we move on. Can I just check, Anka, you said let it coat your tongue and like mm. kind of over your kind of entire tongue or like a certain part, can I check? Yeah, all, of, all over the tongue, because obviously you get different flavors at different diff parts of your tongue. Okay. So great. like mine is now I can definitely detect quite a lot of spice on the tip of my tongue. But then there's nice sweetness and a little bit of spice and obviously that smoke comes through. But you just get different flavors at different yeah. times. And yeah. obviously if you it, it depends, the whiskey tastes varies say you know if you just been drinking coffee or you had a couple of peanuts before you try it or something, you know. Mm -hmm. It might be, or if you haven't eaten for a while and you start drinking whiskey, so you, it's just, you get different flavors different days, I think. Yeah, you kind of, that's why the whole tasting thing takes for this, takes for a while because you kind of want to try the whiskey a couple of times and more sips you take, more different flavors you get. And like I mentioned, the air. So now while I'm talking, it's just getting Yay. contact with the air and so on. So it's a bit of a voyage and a journey, you know, from your nose and the letting the air in and that's going to change. And then with the taste, the taste can change. And I'm noticing a sweet, a kind of sweet and warming sense when I'm tasting there on the tongue. So that kind of warming experience, mm -hmm. like initially. But as, a, you know, a few kind of seconds progressed, it's almost like I'm kind of noticing kind of hazelnutty. Mm -hmm. like flavors and tastes yeah but then I got quite a clear licorice mm, yeah kind of that kind of licorice sweetness yeah whether that's anything at all to do with Aberlour but I definitely that I really thought of licorice quite clearly mm, nice sounds good what do you think about the mouthfeel is it dry is it how do you how would you like with this um Kilhoman I think mine is quite dry but it's probably a lot to do with the smoke as well. So it kind of finishes mm -hmm. with the smoke. So I would, like, I to me, it was quite, I don't know if velvety would be a good description, but it felt quite smooth and not too dry. Yeah, kind of soft. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, softer. So next, we take the second sip and then again, smooth it around your mouth a little bit. And once you've had a few small sips neat, then we can add a tiny bit of water um so it's obviously obviously it's not mandatory ever to add water 
Mm-hmm. Um, everyone should have their whiskey as they want to drink it. But um, especially when you're drinking cask strength whiskies, it might be helpful just to add one or two drops, not much, um, to open up the flavors and you yeah. find a completely, it just changes a lot. But some, if it's bottled at 40%, then maybe, like personally, I don't use water that often uh, unless it's like really high ABV. But that's just how I like it. And I know other people that always add water. It is, it's very different, isn't it, in terms of preference? Exactly. I, I know some people who really dilute the whiskey, which I oh, just <laughs> makes me want to cry, you know, like a really, really old you get the bad whiskey fear. and they just... Um, but that's how they like it and that's how the flavor has changed for them and that's how they like to drink it so okay that's fine but it's just not for me at all (laughs) (laughs) sacrilege says Inca Uh, I'm sure if he's listening this episode he knows I'm talking about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, we'll take a second sip yeah I'm getting a bit more like milk chocolate maybe syrup like um I don't know what do you call it, like a golden syrup thing that you use for cooking. Mm, nice. And then it follows, it becomes drier and all the spices are coming. And mm-hmm. with that white pepper that was on the nose, it's maybe a little bit on the mouth now as well. And mm, it's nice. I did send you a sample as well. So that's <gasps> Bring it on. luring you into the pizza side. Come on, Mr. Postman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I noticed differences there on my second sip. I didn't get a strong licorice. It felt like kind of gentler and more marzipan. Mm. And it felt smoother again. Yeah, I think that might be also because you just had a sip. So your your taste buds are getting used to the alcohol and the whole flavor profile. So I'm then getting into my rhythm, Inca. Yeah. Okay, so let's add a tiny bit of water just to experiment. Uh, ideally, obviously in the tastings, they have those little pipettes, so you can t- literally add a drop yeah. or two. Yeah, I've got you, some of them actually. Yeah, you don't need more than that to start with. And then you can just add more because obviously you can't take it out. Um, yeah. It happened to me once before I was in some tasting. I just can't remember what whiskey was, but of course it was a new whiskey. I wanted to try it both ways and I really enjoyed it with that water. But I thought, oh, I'm just going to try and see. It really didn't work. It's just, I just didn't like it with water at all. It's That's weird. a shame. It must have felt I, like you'd spoiled it a bit. I know. So disappointed. <laughs> oh, Inca, that reminds me actually because talking about adding water to whiskey I was doing a bit of homework and I was watching Dr Bill Lumsden that we've recently spoke about oh he's quite cute actually he's doing this little (laughs) tasting video and I was doing my homework and do you know what he says they they call it in the whiskey industry when you add water no releasing the serpent Oh, <laughs> I quite like that. That's a good one. Yeah, because like it, the the kind of vapors snake out of the glass. Release the serpent, Inca. Oh. Release the serpent. So with water, even the nose might change with water. By the way, so okay, we might give it a little, like something like tobacco. I'm getting mm. stronger, like hazelnut on the nose with a little bit of water. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> what's I've, happened i've only been sipping this without water so i didn't actually know what's what to expect i was really got like a massive spice influx but then it disappeared really quickly but it's 
spicy all over all of a sudden. <laughs> like I mean, spicy as in almost like chili. Wow, spice. So like a kick. Like a kick. Yeah. <laughs> Was it a pleasant kick? Yeah. Well, I like spicy, but not everyone likes yeah. that. I'm Any changes sure. on yours? Yeah, I'm not sure if I like it as much with with the water. And I actually felt, I, again, I'm not too sure, of, but it felt like almost like ooh, acidic, acerbic, like worse, you know, like kind of, I don't know, it felt more sour. I didn't enjoy it as much with the water. Oh, so maybe it took away from the sweetness a little bit. Maybe that's what it is, but I would not be adding water again. Yeah, but I, this... but like you, Inca, I'm not like I tend, I have a tendency to prefer it neat. The other whiskies I've tried so far, so yeah, maybe it's just me. But yours is, I believe, 40, a, 40 ABV, yes, 40. Yeah, so that's that's what I mean. I think with the younger ones or the mm-hmm. younger ones, the, the lower ABVs, yes, I don't know if they. Because they've already been diluted with water to get to that level. Mm. So I, I just don't think they need it. But again, it's just everyone's taste buds. And my this Kilcoman Lockhorn is uh, 46% ABV, yeah. which I would call an ideal ABV for a whiskey. Uh-huh. That's strange. Because it has a little bit of that extra kick and extra kind of creates a bit more power, more balance. I don't know. I, again, and then you can... You could sip it with water if you wanted to, but I can I can handle it without. <laughs> <laughs> so come on, Inca, help a sister out and help some whiskey misters out here as well. So how can you help us expand our vocabulary? Could you tell us some adjectives or words that people um, would often use when describing whiskey, just to give um, some ideas? Different, Yeah, obviously different words, but again, it depends what kind of palette how your palette detects different stuff and different memories so okay but i'm just gonna give you a couple of words i'm just gonna list it out okay give so us you, hit us with could, it yeah <laughs> uh youthful for example you know light fresh vibrant whiskey uh it can be creamy malty grassy herbal fruity anything from black currants to pears or light cheese or bananas or whatever uh floral Nutty, roasted hazelnuts, salted nuts, any kind of nuts. Uh, oaky, dried fruit, uh, jammy, can be salty like seafood or, seaweed or sea spray. Smoky, oaky, medicinal, earthy like mushrooms or soil even. Um, leather, spicy, whether it's those green and red chilies like I mentioned earlier, or is it just pepper like black pepper, white pepper. Winter spices, nutmeg, cinnamon, blah, blah, blah. Uh, citrus, woody, balanced, so that's not like overpowering. Fishy is quite common, and you know, I love whiskey mm-hmm. especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, peaty, sweet, sweet like vanilla, brown sugar, honey, different types of honey, cakes, blah blah blah. So, a lot of stuff. Really expansive, actually, isn't it? Exactly. Once you start really analyzing it, you can you can start getting all these different things. Mm-hmm. And like I mentioned about the mouthfeel and texture, so it can be dry, it can be rich, velvety, soft, full-bodied, so on. Um, and you can also describe the taste in more detail if you want to express each tasting note individually, like coconut, roasted pineapple, overripe banana, uh, red currants, freshly cut grass, paint, old leather bag, 
cigar box, wood shavings, Christmas cake, rum and raisin ice cream. I even <laughs> got Haribo tangy sweets once. Wow. Um, which was really nice. Uh, yeah, Panofi Bai, Bonfire, Lemon Meringue, Yellow bell, Pale Peppers, Black Forest Cake, that kind of stuff. So you get what I mean. Like you can get really <laughs> yeah. descriptive, uh, whatever comes to mind at that time. And that you can you can basically have fun with it is what I'm hearing from all of that. Yeah, exactly. A few people have asked me the same question. So I thought maybe it's, this is a good time to just talk about it quickly. Yeah. Uh, a number of people asked whether any fruit or spices or flavorings been asked, added inside the cask during the maturation to get those yummy barbecue uh, pineapple or Christmas cake flavors or whatnot. Which like things added into the cask. Yeah, like it's like flavored with. Because like ah. sometimes when I've done tastings and people are like, oh, you know, how do you get all these flavors? Like, where does it come from? They must add something like bananas in there. The simple answer is no, they do <laughs> not add anything extra inside the cask. Simply the distilled spirit and nope, the flavor. Like and big casks full of punch with fruit rolling around inside them. <laughs> I know. But the thing is, like, I don't want to laugh because I want everyone to be feel comfortable drinking whiskey obviously and like yeah. get into it but I just thought I mentioned this just because so many people have asked me yeah the flavors and the aroma only comes through the whole uh, production process from the crane yeah. use the shape of the stills the casks the location and so on so they will not add anything inside the cask that's yeah. not supposed to be there and that is it's really good to have that clarified and have that out there so just to summarize quickly what we've discussed Use a tasting glass when possible. Don't swirl the whiskey too much. Keep your nose far enough from the glass and smell it with your mouth slightly open. Pay attention to the colour and the texture. Take small sips and move the whiskey around your mouth. Once ready, consider adding a drop or two of water to open up the flavours and aroma. Have we got that right? Yes, exactly. That's right. Um, and there's no need to rush the process. Um, it takes many, many years to make whiskey. So give it the appreciation that it deserves by savoring and examining it properly. Yeah, that's really, that's, that's a lovely way to look at it. Give it the respect that it's due. Whiskey Sisters, Whiskey Fact. We all like a wee dram of whiskey, but do you know the history of the word dram? No, Anka, I again do not know the answer. Should I know? Is that a Scottish thing? No, I just looked it up recently, so <laughs> I didn't know either. <laughs> okay. I was, I was dram curious. The word dram comes from the ancient Greek word drachme which referred to coins, and it also appeared in the Bible as a unit of treasure. Greek, that's uh, pretty cool. Um, and the Latin translation was dragma, mm -hmm. and from there it was translated into Old French and eventually into Old English. The historical, historical evidence suggests it was used as a unit of measurement at the chemist. Ah, well... Wait a minute, if whiskey's known to have been used for medicinal purposes, which I think is surely a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so people could have gone to the apothecary 
you know, the ye oldie worldy pharmacy and ordered themselves yeah. a gram of whiskey. Exactly. Nice. Um, yeah, but that, it actually makes sense, doesn't it? It does. My mom actually used to give me hot toddies with the whiskey in it. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Well, that was a nice session with some whiskey tasting. Maybe we should be having more drams more often when we're recording. <laughs> I think definitely. I think it would be rude not to do that more often. And thank you so much. I have really enjoyed learning as part of today's episode myself. So thank you, Inka. And next week, we will be diving into the world of blended Scotch whiskey, which makes me think of my grandfather. So make oh. sure to pour yourself a dram and join us next Wednesday. Meanwhile, you can keep up to date on all things Whiskey Sisters on our Instagram at whiskeysisters.podcast, Twitter at Whiskey Sisters and Facebook at Whiskey Sisters Podcast. Bye, Inka. Doodle-doo. Bye, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try something new. <laughs> You've been listening to the Whiskey Sisters Podcast. <laughs> <laughs>